Marisa Brown, Senior Principal Research Lead for Supply Chain Management at APQC. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to APQC Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today, I'm here with Craig Moss, Director of Data and Change Management at DSCI, to talk about data privacy and cybersecurity in supply chains. Welcome to the podcast, Craig. Thanks, Marissa. It's great to be here. So we all know that cybersecurity is this big, huge, scary issue for companies of all sizes and industries. And it really gets scarier when you start to think about supply chains because there are so many points of entry and so much critical data inside of them. We know that our partners across the supply chain want and need to share data, but doing so almost always brings in risk um, and some element of risk that even large companies with very smart and capable leaders often don't understand until it's too late. So that's why I'm really glad to have you on the podcast today to help supply chain professionals think through and hopefully get ahead of some of these cyber challenges. So let's just start with what do you see going on now with cybersecurity and the supply chain? Yeah, that's a great place to start. So if we think about companies going through a digital transformation, that means that more and more of their assets are digital, which means that cybersecurity comes into play more and more. But it also means that the assets, the digital assets are being shared with a broader and broader network or web or supply chain of companies, value chain of companies. And as a result of that, it creates, as you mentioned, it's much, much more difficult now for organizations to protect their digital assets. You have hackers that are systematically trying to penetrate companies' supply chains to either cause data loss or to interrupt business and cause business continuity issues. The result of that, and what we see right now is that some of the hackers are actually, they know that a key uh, manufacturer could be in the automotive, it could be in the electronics industry, has a complex supply chain. They are systematically targeting the small and mid-sized companies in that supply chain to go after them with the ransomware attacks. So the ransomware attack is aimed at the small company because they're easier to penetrate in many cases, but then they go to the big company to get the ransom payment because they know the big company has more money. So that's one thing that we see happening right now that really is like the next evolution of hackers systematically basically going to where the money is. Oh, geez. (laughs) That's not good news. Well, understanding that, then what do you see are some of the mistaken assumptions out there right now about cyber risk in the supply chain that you'd like to correct? So let's tackle this from two sides. Let's look at it from the large company side and then the small mid-sized company side. So from the small mid-sized company side, one of the key mistaken assumptions is that we don't have anything that people would want. There's hackers aren't going to come after us because we're a small company and we don't have anything. That is a really, really wrong assumption because the hackers would use the smaller mid-sized company as a gateway to other companies. So that's one key thing. And the other thing is that mistaken assumption by small and large is that 
preventing cybersecurity issues or attacks is a technology issue. It is not purely a technology issue. It is a people process and technology issue. So of course you need technology to enable the protection, but if people aren't doing what they're supposed to, not using multi-factor authentication, not using strong passwords, clicking on phishing emails, all the technology in the world won't prevent the hack from happening. So the other mistaken assumption from the large company side is that they can rely purely on technology. So they spend a lot of money on technology. There's increasing budgets going into supply chain cybersecurity technology. But again, it's still the people issue. And for a supply chain leader in a large company, you not, not only have to worry about your own people, but in some level, you need to be thinking about the people in all the companies in your supply chain. So that makes the complexity really, really daunting and understandably difficult. Wow, so it sounds like each of us has a part we need to play as individuals in our organizations. And as if that's not enough, how do you then talk, let's talk a little bit about managing some of these third-party risks where you need to think about the others across your supply chain. It seems so much more challenging because it doesn't look like there's really an across-the-board cyber policy that makes sense for suppliers in different tiers, different countries, and so on. So what are your recommendations for supply chain professionals who are really looking to figure this out and where should they look for partnership and guidance? There are really a couple of ways to approach this also. And so one of the things for supply chain leaders is it's really more effective from your point of view. If you have a thousand or 10,000 suppliers, it's more effective from your point of view to have some standardization of what you, of your expectations for them. So what we would advocate is that there be some baseline expectation for all the suppliers and then more sophisticated or rigorous expectations for suppliers that have more critical data or more critical system access in your company. So that's one of the things to think about is what is that baseline? And we at, at DSCI and at one of our sister institutes, the Cyber Readiness Institute, where we focus on cybersecurity for small mid-sized businesses, we actually think that there are four core things that all companies could do that, to reduce their risk, no matter what size they are. And so one of these things is around authentication. Stronger passwords are critical and multi-factor authentication. Everybody should be using multi-factor authentication whenever possible. And actually, if the software you're using does not allow MFA, you should really be thinking about using different software. I mean, it, it's really that critical of an issue at this point. Password strength. Um, I, I was on a panel with the FBI not too long ago, and they had a great stat. Any eight-character password, no matter what, how complex, upper, lower, special characters, if hackers put real computing power against it, any eight-character password can be hacked in three minutes. If you go up to, here's the, here's the startling thing. If you go up to 13 characters, the same computing power takes 5.2 million years to hack. Whoa. 
so you think about that. Any company now that I see that says, oh, we have eight character passwords, that is insufficient. So on authentication, you want longer passwords and you want multi-factor authentication. Software updates is the next topic. You need to make sure that software is being updated. And this has gotten more complicated because with the pandemic and remote work, a lot of people are using personal devices to access company systems, company data. So not only does the company need to make sure that the company hardware is, is updated, but you need to make sure that the people using personal devices also are updating their software. Next is phishing. This is the one that gets all the attention and it's, it's, it's truly a, a, a key area. Phishing now is going into texting. There's a lot of text type phishing that comes up. And one of the interesting things, you, you talk about like the um, inventiveness of hackers and of criminals is as more companies have shifted to um, cloud-based file sharing. Mm -hmm. So like if you're using SharePoint or Box or, or Dropbox or things like that, what they see is within a company, people are emailing each other with links to documents. So instead of sending you an attachment, Marissa, I might send you an email with a link saying, here, go to SharePoint or, or Box. Here's the document I want you to take a look at. So the hackers are penetrating business email systems called business email compromise, and then sending you a fake link. So it'll look like I'm sending you an email with a link saying, Marissa, I needed to go look at this proposal I'm working on to approve it. And that link is actually um, opening up the gateway for the hackers. So that's the third. And then the fourth one that we look at is really around secure file sharing. And it could be related to the use of USBs or removable hard drives, because that is a, a, a common way for hackers to penetrate systems. In fact, at a certain point, and this, this data might be a little old, but this was probably three or four years ago, I saw one study from a reputable group that said that 30% of the new USBs coming out of factories already had malware installed on it. You're kidding. Oh my gosh. So the idea, and that's why you probably don't see a lot of USBs being given out at trade shows anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so USBs are one potentially dangerous avenue, removable hard drives. And then the other thing is the whole idea around secure file sharing. So those are the, what we call the core four. Beyond that, every small company in the supply chain should have a decent incident response plan. What do they do if they're hacked? And the employees in the company should know that, right? Like a lot of people, they don't know, like if your computer suddenly was infected and there's some kind of like message coming up saying, you know, you, you're now being held hostage. A lot of people don't know what to do. So that's the other piece to it. And different companies have slightly different approaches to the what should you do. Um, some would say keep it on the network um, because they want to be able to do forensics on it. But a lot of people would just say get it off the network, you know, just as quickly as possible. So there's really different thoughts on that one. But those are some of the key things that we would tell companies that need to be done is to focus on those core four issues. That's going to help to raise the, the boat 
basically throughout your supply chain. And then beyond that, go into more detail with the companies that are have more critical access. Wow. Well, I still feel a little scared like I did at the beginning of the podcast, but you've given us some very actionable advice there, Craig. So thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you for coming on the podcast today. This is the final episode in our series about digital supply chain transformation with DSCI. If you haven't already listened to the rest of the series, I encourage you to check it out. And once again, I'm Marisa Brown. Thanks for joining us for this APQC podcast. Please go to apqc.org to learn more about our research and to learn more about DSCI and digital supply chain transformation, check out dscinstitute.org. Thanks again, and we hope you have a great rest of your day.